Baseball 365 Podcast. And here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Hello, everybody. Justin Hughes here, and welcome to episode 45 of the Baseball 365 Podcast. And here with me is my co-host of the show, the expert who doesn't want to be called an expert, Andrew McQuiston. Andrew, how's it going? You always got to throw that in there. <laughs> Every once in a while, it's I think about there. it whenever I'm writing my notes up, and I'm like, oh, I got to do it today. <laughs> yeah, if everybody doesn't know, that's like my least favorite term, but yeah, it's going good. Going good. Well, bear with me. I think I said this last episode, I was just coming down sick whenever we were recording last, and well, I ended up going to the doctor a few days ago to try to get some antibiotics in me, but I can still hear it in my voice, and bear with me, guys. But on tonight's episode, we're going to talk about steamer projections. They're, they came down, and you can see most players' steamer projections now on fan graphs. And I'm going to give some projections for players to Andrew. I'm going to read them off to him and have Andrew take the over and under on these guys and the stats that they're projected for. But before I get to that, I, got a real, I have a real question to ask you. And that's Andrew. What are you doing with your time? You were usually spending watching baseball. Uh, it's kind of a funky combination of work, football, a um, little bit of family stuff. And I, I know I've mentioned this to you before, but I'm pretty into the show Survivor. Oh yeah, so yeah, bit, yeah. I've been watching that. I mean, that was going on during baseball a little bit, too. but um, And then, obviously, tons of baseball podcasts. I mean, over the winter, I just I listen to a lot of podcasts. But, yeah, it's it's different, for sure. I'm starting to feel it. So, Are you watching, like, a current se- season of Survivor that's going on or a bunch of yeah. DVR stuff from the summer? No, yeah, it's current season. Okay. And how, how far into the season are they? I've watched a it's, few seasons. It's about halfway right now. That's a fun show. I've uh, I love it. The first couple seasons of Survivor, I was working at Lens Crafters years ago, and we would have Survivor party nights where we would all go out to the bar and watch. I think the first two or three seasons, we we'd go. I think it was Thursdays at that time, and we'd watch them every single night, one every week there for a while. And it's a I love that show, and my wife had never seen it before. And a couple of years ago, she got into it and watched a season, and I got hooked right in there with her again after not watching it forever. It's just a fun show. Yeah, I, uh, when I was like, in college, I it was like around season three or four. I mean, this has been years ago. I'm older than I like to admit, but uh, I um, we watched it, or I kind of got into it then, and didn't watch it for a long time, but. Uh, I binge watched pretty much all of it about a year and a half ago, and um, <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all caught up. So watching the current season now, but yeah, love it. That's what the off season's for: finding something yeah. to binge watch. <laughs> right, absolutely. <laughs> Filling voids that we have. Yep. Well, before we get into that, let's get a couple things of the news that are going on. And um, first off, it's award season, and the Concerning the AL and NL Rookies of the Year, Jordan Alvarez and Pete Alonso took these awards, and that's to the surprise of no one, right, Andrew? Yeah, I think that's who pretty pretty much everybody expected. 
Yeah. So we won't go into that because they were pretty clear winners. But let me ask you this. Which one of those two do you think you'd rather have in redraft leagues next year? Uh, I think it's pretty close. Uh, If you gave Jordan first base eligibility, I'd probably say him. Um, I think he's a little bit better of a hitter overall, but first base eligibility is pretty important. And I don't know. I'm tempted to lean Alonzo for that just in a one-year league. So Yeah. You know, I wasn't even thinking about eligibility whenever I was thinking about this myself, and I was going leaning Jordan, Jordan. But um, that is a good point. It is close, though. I agree with you on that. I think I still would take Alon or Alvarez, but I, it is close. But you said for redraft. So, what's your thought on Dynasty? Uh Dynasty. I'd probably rather have Jordan. Yeah. Just because the longer term it is, the more likely I am to just Take go the with talent. the guy. Yeah, I just think he's a little bit better of a hitter overall. But uh, I tell you, Alonzo's no joke, too. So there's really no wrong answer. No, no. When you break the the rookie record in your rookie year, I'd say there's no fault to taking you over Jordan. But anyway, no wrong answer there. But moving on, we got the Cy Young Award winners with Justin Verlander squeaking out the AL Cy Young over his soon-to-be former teammate, Garrett Cole. And meanwhile, Jacob deGrom won his second consecutive Cy Young Award after another great season in New York. Now, due to age concerns, I think deGrom would clearly be over Verlander in dynasty value. I don't think that's even question. But in redrafts, I think it's pretty close. So... Again, we'll play this game. 2020 redraft leagues. Who you got? Verlander or um, Jacob Durham? Uh At this moment, probably DeGrom, but I might change my mind on that. I've always been a Verlander guy. Um, I don't know. I, I think I, I slightly lean to Grom, though. But it's close. I, I definitely could change my mind. Uh, I really spent some time thinking about that question after I asked it because and I went and dug into both their numbers. And if you just look at their stat lines from last year, you would think it's clearly Verlander. I mean, the guy's on the Astros, and he's got such a better shot of getting wins over DeGrom. But yeah. I don't know. There's just something about that, the amount of home runs he was giving up last year and his struggles in the playoffs – not solely the struggles, but the fact that he was also giving up a lot of home runs this last year. I I don't know. I feel I'd gladly take either one, but I think I'd take Degrom and just feel a little more comfortable with it. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like a concern with wins versus a concern with age. Yes, and I mean, I think I'd rather just hope the wins are there than even. You know, obviously, there's not much concern. I mean, Verlander should be fine, but DeGrom doesn't have that concern. So, I don't know. Yeah. That's where I slightly lean. But, I mean, anytime anybody says Justin Verlander, I'm not going to argue with him, you know. No. Now we'll move on to the 
MVP awards and Mike Trout won the AL MVP. And to the surprise of no one, he's the best hitter of this generation right here. Yeah, absolutely. I was happy you won it. Yeah. Number three for him, which I don't have the list here in front of me, but I was reading on baseball 365. Somebody posted the list of players who have won three MVPs and that's some rarefied air he's now in, which he belongs there. I mean, he's this generation's Mickey Mantle, basically. Oh, yeah. But um, moving on to the – I don't even have a real good question to ask you about Trout because that came in after I took notes and didn't really think about it. But on to the NL MVP, Cody Bellinger took home that award, and he beat out Acuna and Yelich. Um, seemed like a tight – Run that one felt like it'd be a tighter race. And first question Did the right man win the award? Would you have given it to Bellinger? Yeah, I would have given it to Bellinger. I think it was close. And if Yelich would have won, I wouldn't have even batted an eye, you know. But yeah, I think Bellinger was the right pick. It actually was Rendon that was the other finalist, not Acuna. Oh. Yeah. Oops. Put that wrong one in there. I forgot about that. <laughs> That's all right. They all they all kind of have an argument. That's the funny thing. But um, yeah, I think the right guy won personally. So we're well, we're I know you would have Acuna number one in Dynasty. And I don't remember our conversations before, but you got Yelich or Bellinger over. Who do you have number two and uh, of the rank of those three guys in Dynasty value? Of Acuna, Yelich, and Bellinger. Yeah, I know you got Acuna one. So what about Yelich and Bellinger? Man, it's close. I think I'd slightly lean Yelich, but I don't really have a strong opinion on it either way. They're probably back to back or extremely close, really close to it. Yeah, my main my main reason, I guess, is just. Um, I think Yelich is more likely to rack up stolen bases. Yep. And uh, I've said it before with Bellinger. It's it's not like a slight on him. I mean, Bellinger is an absolute monster. But I, I don't think that, you know, it's like whatever he stole this year. Was it 15 or 12 Something or 15, like that. somewhere in there? I don't – like if there's a year in the next one or two where Bellinger steals like five to eight, I won't even be surprised at all. Like I don't – think his steals are bankable, I guess is the best way I can put it. And I think Yelich's for the most part are at least, mm-hmm. you know, more so than Bellinger's. So I kind of yeah. just go with, go with that, but I don't, it's like Bellinger's younger too. So that part factors, it's, it's definitely close. I remember when Rizzo and Bryant were still in like 15 to 20 and it was such a nice bonus to have if you owned either one. And then eventually those ticked down and I, yeah, Bellinger could yeah. definitely, do the same thing there um what about let's move discuss yelich here for a second isn't he a free agent after next year do you i think i remember whenever at one point hearing that he had two years left on his deal and before this year do you know anything about that no i'm not i'm definitely i'm not positive on that because let's hypothetically say he is while i'm looking that up what odds do you think he's going to be playing for the brewers after next year Oh, no. Actually, you know what? Never mind. I'm way off. So forget that question because he's signed all the. He's got a 
club option for 2022. So he's got three more seasons with the Brewers. Wow. My answer would have been not high. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, that changes a lot. I, I really thought he had a year left on that deal. Knowing that the Brewers still have him for three more years. And the Marlins just basically gave him, or actually, no, they did that um, Lewis Brinson deal. So at least they were, <laughs> they thought they were getting some good returns back anyways. Yeah, I think, I mean, as long as the whole knee thing is cleared up, I I think that you can make the pretty strong argument that, you know, th- say three years with the Brewers, the next three years, I mean, Yelich could possibly be the number one player over the next three years so yeah really wouldn't surprise me at all now that i know I mean, he has that many years left to the burrs i'm definitely have him over bellinger in my eyes in dynasty value that changes it for me yeah it's just like such a cozy spot in that park and what it's done for his power i mean some of that maybe has been the ball but i don't think much of it and yeah, the speed and the hit tool. I mean, it's just it's ridiculous. So he's he's that that ballpark did wonders for him. That and him changing his launch angle a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Well, you ready to jump into some steamer projections? Yep, sounds good. All right, Andrew. I've got some players that have had some real good seasons, some breakouts, and I got some guys that finished or did not have great seasons and that I found their steamer projections to be interesting and did all hitters here because we, as I, I thought I was going to do hitters and pitchers, but I found enough hitters that I think I had enough for one show and thought, well, we can do hitters this episode and maybe we'll do pitchers next episode. So here we go. We're going to start off right off the bat with Jose Altuve, who stole six bases this past year. And in 2020 is projected to steal 12. So over under 12 stolen bases for Altuve next year. Man, it's, uh, I'm going to say under, I'm with you. I think it's really close. I think it's, I would say like 10. I think it would be better for him if the Astros weren't so good. And something that really stuck out to me watching them in the playoffs is Bregman, Altuve, those guys were out there running. They needed the bags at that point. But in the regular season, they just want to stay healthy. I think there's a lot to that. They're just cruising through the regular season, trying to get into the postseason or getting into the postseason. And then they'll start taking the running more. And I just think – go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say – I. I kind of feel like with Altuve, maybe more than any player next season, the difference between like seven stolen bases and 15 for him, I just feel like is astronomical for his value oh, yeah. because he's going to hit and he's going to have, you know, a fair amount of pop and the counting numbers will be there in that lineup the real difference with his value is just going to come down to how much he runs. And I don't think he really needs to run a lot. If he, if he gets like, say if he gets 15 to 18, it's, it's a monster year. 
I mean, it's just going to be an absolutely monster year if he does that. And I think it's possible. Yeah. I mean, I won't predict it, but there, there's just a few more steals for him than the projection is going to just launch him back into, you know, potentially first round return. I'm not saying you'll take him there, but you know, he could return that if he, if he runs. So it's just going to come down to that for me. Yeah. If he was to steal 15, like you said, I think he's Aussie Albies with better counting stats, like better yeah. runs, better home runs, better batting average. And, yeah, Ozzy well, Albies is a really good player. So if you adding more to that, yeah, he's that's his star. Yeah, the the batting average floor is just so high too. You know, it's mm-hmm. projected for two ninety five. I mean, he's a three fifteen career hitter. So jeez, you add he's so good. Yeah, I mean, it's just you add the difference between a handful of steals versus just like fifteen to twenty. It's it's just so game changing with him. I feel like. Mm-hmm. If he steals five, you're disappointed because, yeah, you've gotten three to four categories. You've gotten four categories of solid production, but yeah, that's just a big difference. He's probably like DJ LeMayhew if he steals five. That's a good, you know, like that's good. Yeah, kind of from kind of DJ LeMayhew's year this past year. I mean, that's kind of what I would think. So, not that that's well, bad. It's just the ceiling's higher if he's running. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, let's move on to prospect Luis Robert, who, Robert, I guess I should say, who uh, is... Proje- either, either one. <laughs> yeah, you're a Cubs fan, I don't, think, don't care. <laughs> I don't think anybody knows. <laughs> I've been seeing Robert lately, but hey. It seems like I, that's I, what everybody has been saying this last year, so that's yeah. why I assumed somebody caught on. Yeah. He's projected... I was really surprised to see Steamer had him projected to play 147 games this next year for the White Sox. This is after hitting 32 home runs and stealing 36 bags in 2019. So we're going to do a two out of three here for Robert. I still can't get it. In terms of of these three, would you take the over on them or the under and you just need two out of the three to win? And Steamer projects him for a 272 batting average. 26 home runs, 23 stolen bases. Of those three, you taking the over or the under? Uh, I'm going to take the under on two out of three. Um, I think with the homers and st- it, first of all, this this is an aggressive. These are aggressive numbers for this mm-hmm. guy. Um, I do think that it's possible he does it. But yes. it's really it's aggressive for sure. Uh, the batting average I think is way too high. I don't think he's hitting two seventy two. Totally, just that's just too high for me. So I would definitely take the under there with the homers and the steals. I'm not sure which will be which, but I'll just split the difference and say one of them is an over, one of them is an under. Um, so yeah, I'll say he overs one and unders two. So two yeah. out of three under. He strikes out a decent amount, but the thing that really has me skeptical of that batting average is his walk rate. He just do- did not, doesn't walk much in the minors. I don't have the number in front of me, but I remember knowing the last few years, he has not been walking there's, while down there. There's probably a fair chance he's like a high Babbitt guy, but 
I don't know. I just I feel like 272 is aggressive. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I'm on the same boat with you. That's pretty much then the again, exact same logic I would have had. Then again, if Tim Anderson can hit 330, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> anything can happen. <laughs> that is true. And batting out, that's why they say batting average is fluky. Single craziest stat of this year, I swear. I, nothing floored me more than that. Yeah, and if you're projecting Tim Anderson to hit 320, 330 again, good luck for, to you. Have you seen – I don't mean to break this up, but have you seen good. Tim Anderson? What's his uh, – you, you didn't pick Tim – Tim Anderson's not on your list, right? No. What are, I'm they, just what curious. are they projecting him? I'm just curious what they're projecting him. I'm actually looking at it right now. Oh, I was going to play the game. Two, okay. Uh, don't – I'll guess. Yeah, I'm guess. I'm going to guess 268. 275. Okay. In the ballpark. (laughs) So they're expecting 60-point fall in batting average. And you know what's funny? I would under that. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh. But, hey, I mean, that's just me. Next up is a man we talked about briefly earlier. That'd be AL Rookie of the Year, Jordan Alvarez, who I'm going to keep trying to say his name a different way every time, I guess. (laughs) Steamer is projecting him for 37 home runs next year. Over under 37 home runs. Is it a juice ball again? That's the hard part, isn't it? You don't know. I don't know if it, I don't, I don't know if it matters much with him, but um, I'll say over. Nice. You're being aggressive. It's, yeah, it's, it's tough to project over or predict mm-hmm. over for that. I mean, it's, it's tough because, you know, injuries and stuff, all that plays a factor. But I feel like he has so much raw power that if he if you're penciling him in for a full season, he's probably hitting 40 or at least, he's, you know, right in that range. 37 is aggressive for sure. He's a man child, though. <laughs> what do you? Think yeah. of that 272 projected batting average. He did hit over 300 this last year, 313, but that was with a 366 BABIP despite being a slow lefty. So 272, do you think that's high, low, right? Uh, I think it's about right. I'd probably, if I had to pick, yeah, no, nah, I think it's about right. I was going to say under, but I think it's about right, actually. Mm hmm. Agreed. If you told me to guess his batting average for next year without showing me the steamer, I probably would have said 275. Okay, well, we'll talk about another young corner infielder. The big breakout was Rafael Devers with the Red Sox. He is projected for a 299 batting average with 30 home runs and nine stolen bases after stealing eight last year. So two out of three over under. 30 home runs, 9 steals, and 299 average. You got to take the under uh, because of the steals, right? Yeah, I'm, den- I'm definitely taking the under on 9 steals. I He ain't stealing 9 bases. Are yeah. you kidding me? There's no way. I'd be very surprised. But um, I don't know. I think he can over the other two. Agreed. Yeah, I, I think I would over his. I think he'll hit 300. And was, 30 homers. for 16 last year in stolen bases. 
What is Steamer <laughs> doing projecting him for nine? Yeah, I don't. I have no idea how, where that came from, but yeah, I think right. I would. I think I would over his average and his his home runs. So you take the chance on it, and yeah, I wouldn't be shocked with either one of them. I just think I'm going to take my chances. One of the two falls below and say under on yeah. that, but totally yeah, very possible because the steals is a lock. It, he's not stealing that. That's why I threw it in there. <laughs> okay. Uh, next up, another breakout last year, Mitch Garver, who in 93 games played, hit a ridiculous 31 home runs. So if you're pacing, that would have projected for 54 home runs if he played all 162 games, which is just comical to think of. But next year, he's projected for 17 home runs in 96 games. Andrews, over under 17 home runs. Over. Yeah. I think this feels really light by them to be having him with just 17, but yeah, it definitely does. I, I mean, a lot of these it's, uh, it's dependent some on the ball, but man, that's 17 home runs these days. is It's nothing. It's just nothing. So yeah, I, I think it's safe to pencil him in for 20 plus. They'd have to deflate the ball before he'd actually before he wouldn't hit those if he stayed healthy. That yeah, I mean, seemed... especially especially when you factor in now, and I think this plays a part in it. But after that type of year, he's bought so much playing time with mm-hmm. that type of year that I think yeah, it's it's an over for me. Okay, we'll move on to Joey Votto who has not been vintage Joey Fado in 2018 or 2019. In those two years combined, he managed to hit 27 home runs. but And that's where he played over 140 games both years. So not been good. And despite all that, he's projected to hit 23 home runs, which seems kind of high to me at this stage of his career. Are you with me there? Yeah, I'm with you. I'd under that. I mean, I think I'd take the under if we took five home runs off of that and we're doing over-under like 17 and a half. I think I'm still taking the under. Yeah, potentially. He's he's gone backwards in a lot of a lot of areas. I definitely wouldn't be projecting him for too much power. What did he hit last year, 15? Uh, he combined for 27 the last two years. I don't yeah. have it right in front of me. Yeah, but 12, it wasn't 12. much. 12 and then 15 last this past year. Yeah. And I know he finished strong and there were some people that are getting a little bit of hope. I remember reading articles saying that something clicked for him in August and he hit, hit, he was better in August and September, but I don't know. I just, I'm going to have to see it to believe it. I think I'd be taking the under also. Yeah. Moving on. We got Jose Ramirez next. He went from frustrating fantasy owners in the first half to being the best hitter in baseball from around July 1st until he had his season-ending injury. And now he's projected for 277 batting average with 31 home runs and 23 steals. Two out of three, over under. What do you got? Uh, I think I would take the over in batting average. 
I think he's a better hitter than that. But, man, I, I don't think I can over those steals or the you – know, the power's close. It's close. 277 I'd over. I think – like, I'm comfortable projecting Jose Ramirez to hit 280, 290. You know, I, he's a good enough hitter to do that. But 23 steals, I don't know. Feels aggressive to me. I I know he's done it. What did he have last year? Did you twenty four in one hundred and twenty nine games? He was yeah. running a lot last year, especially in the first half. Yeah, when he wasn't providing much else. With a guy like that, I'm going to just continue to bet that it starts to tail off. I don't know. I just kind of feel that way, but I could be wrong. I'd under the steals, home runs. It's probably close to what I'd have him at. Well. You're being consistent because I remember before this last year when we started this podcast up, when we talked about Ramirez, you talked about him being a guy who you didn't think would the skills would hold up much because of the bad body. And he's entering the late 20s, which is when that typically drops off. Go see my man yeah, Mike Trout start, went from stealing 30 to 9 this last year. Yeah. Mike Trout start, start taking the steals away from him. It's kind of a game changer, you know? I think I'm going to take the over, but I don't feel great about it. Okay. Um, Keston Hira, he had a great rookie season, and he's projected for a 270 batting average with 29 home runs and 13 stolen bases. Over under 29 home runs for Keston. Ah. Gosh, that one's really tough. That's about where I'd have it. I'll say over, just because it's fun. <laughs> we won't remember this anyway, but, so it's okay. Man, that's pushing it. It's tough. If the ball's still I, juiced, I think he's hitting I, over that. But if yeah, they scale that ball back like a little bit, I think I'm not feeling great about it. I think it's about right. I think I'd over his average, but agreed. I don't think he's going to run much. 13 steals? I don't think he's going to get that. I'll take the over, but I think it's like 15 to 17, 18-ish, kind of like we we're talking about Altuve. I think he can get that yeah, for a year or two. Man, that's, a, that's a monster season. If he's going 280, 30, 15, that's yep. a huge year. I don't know if I've ever said it on here. But I've always I've said to you, at least privately, that he reminded me a lot of what I thought Alex Bregman was going to be, which was a 25 to 30 home run guy with 10 to 15 stolen bases mixed in and a decent batting average, which Bregman's a better hitter. But I kind of feel that I felt that here has had that upside in him. And if he did that, that would be pretty close to what I was hoping for. Yeah. And next up, we'll bring up another exciting young rookie, and that's Bo Bichette, who's actually projected for exactly 20 home runs and 20 steals, which, personally, I think I'd take an over on the power, but I think I'm going under on the speed after once I, what I saw once he was called up. He was caught stealing quite a bit and didn't still run near as much as anybody was thinking after coming up in July. What do you think? Man, I love Bo. I hope he overs both. I'll say I over on with the, you on that. I'll say over on the homers and under on the steals. Okay, same thing then. 
and I'm I'm with you. I, what when you say over and under on that? What are you thinking in terms of where those could be? If you were just get spitball guessing in November, I think he could crush twenty homers. Like I think he could hit thirty. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, I'm not saying necessarily I'd predict it. Steals, I think he'll have. 15 to 18, somewhere in there. Yeah. Not quite, not quite 20, but I don't know, man. He's so dynamic. I could see him just going out there and wanting to do it too. You know, it's some, some of those, these young guys, it's like while they can do it, they just go for it. And it's going to be fun to watch that team in the next couple of years. And I could see Bo just trying to go out there and, what's the term i'm looking for like just be the spark plug yeah not not necessarily even so much that but just they i feel like guys in general they care more about their stats when they're young Mm -hmm. is that wrong do you ever feel like that um like you can't tell me that often but yeah i i think about it like you can't tell me that ronald acuna wasn't out there like i want 40 40 he wanted 40-40. You could yes. tell that. But, like, if if that's Ronald Acuna in, like, six years, now, granted, he won't probably have the speed he does now, and that may play into it, but I don't feel like guys, when they get into their mid to late 20s, they care as much. I don't know. It's just just me. I no, think Bo's good. I'll give you another good story example of this, and that's Manny Machado. I remember Stefania Bell talking after he had his second knee operation when he was young. And he told Stefania, or at least this is what she said on, on the old Fantasy Focus podcast, was that he um, his knees were in good shape. And he said, I'm going to steal 20 bags this year. I'm going to go 20-20. And he went out there and stole 20 bases that season. I think he was young and he cared about it. And then after that, he stopped running. Yeah. Yeah, it's deals. not it's not like an exact thing, you know. It's not something that probably holds up across the board, but I don't know. I just feel like it could be one of those really, really dynamic years for Bo. I feel like these next two to three years could be totally awesome for him. Mm-hmm. He's, he's an exciting one to have a share of, and you and I both have a dynasty share, so of course we're cheering for him. Yep. All right. Next up's Whit Merrifield, who went from a league-leading 45 steals in 2018 to 20 steals in 2019. And going into 2020, he's projected for 23 steals. Would you take the over or under on that number? Well, being that uh, Matheny's there, <laughs> sometimes you kind of have to under it. Yeah. Weren't they one of the lowest uh, teams in the league in terms of stolen base attempts? Uh, you mean the, the, the Cardinals? Cardinals? Yes. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Meanwhile, Mike Schilt, I think they led the National League in stolen bases under Mike Schilt this year with pretty much the same squad. So I heard, what does that uh, tell you? Yeah, I heard some – it was on some podcast, and honestly, I, I don't know which one, talking about Mondesi and Witt and how – uh, Matheny would affect them. And uh, 
they were just kind of saying like it's hard to hold Mondesi back from that because that's like his game. You know, that's like his whole game. I mean, his strength is his speed and wreaking havoc on the base pads, but they were kind of mentioning how I could see it hurting wit and I could totally see it too. Yeah, I completely agree. Just as far as, I mean, it's hard to tell Mondesi you can't run or don't run, whatever. I still think it's going to pull back on Mondesi's steals too, but maybe not a ton, you know, he still gets 30 or whatever, 30 plus, a little over 30 maybe, but I don't know with, with wit, it's like, I definitely would under 23. I, I don't know exactly where it'll land, but it's hard to imagine him stealing in the upper twenties. I combination of getting older and the now Matheny. I don't know. I'm not feeling it. I, when you started talking about that with Matheny's effect on Mondesi and Witt, I didn't know where you were going. And I was thinking, I don't think they could affect Mondesi too bad, but I definitely think it could wet. So I'm completely with you on your yeah. logic. And I think I shared this stat once before, but he stole 45 bags in 2018 with only 10 caught stealing. He stole 20 last year and he was caught stealing 10 times. So it wasn't a great success rate either. So I'm with you. I think the stolen bases are going to continue getting dialed back, especially because a lot of those steals were in the first half. He really ran a lot less in the second half. And yeah, I think... I think he's more in the 10 to 15 range than he is close to 20, my personal opinion. Yeah, I could see it. Next up, Joey Gallo. He hit 209 and 206 with the batting averages in 2017 and 2018. And he saw his average surge to 253 this last year, albeit in 70 games played. Steamer's kind of taking the middle ground with a 230 batting average. Over, under, and... This is this was a dumb one because we're just talking batting average, but over under two thirty batting average for Joey Gallo. It's also dumb because Joey Gallo is not drafted for his batting average. Uh, I'll say over. Man, I almost want to do a bet with you on that one. Trying to think of how low I can get that, and then we make a three sixty five wager. I'm not confident. I mean, <laughs> why are, why are we talking about Gallo's batting average? What's his home run projection? Uh, Eighty two. I actually don't even remember. I was just picking guys and looking, and I was surprised to see that. But you're right; it really doesn't matter with what you're projecting. Forty. Yeah, he's projected yeah. for forty. Give me the over. Actually, he hit forty and forty one the years before. I would have. But he was pacing for more than that this beginning of this year whenever he got hurt. So maybe that's why I was thinking that seems low. I think I'd take the over on that 40, though. Yeah, I just I just don't care. I mean, batting aver- in batting average leagues, I guess it matters. But I like the guy gets on base. and it's- Yeah, 389 yeah. OBP last year. That's just insane. Yeah, it's tough to guess with his batting average. It could definitely be under. There's no doubt about that. Okay, well, we'll move on to Keitel Marte, who also had a ridiculous year this last year. 32 home runs and a 329 batting average. I didn't realize that his average was that high. And Steamer obviously projects a regression there to 296. 
But the one I wanted to ask you about was they only have him projected for 22 home runs. This one was tough for me, over under 22. Uh, I'm going to say under. Under 22, okay. 22 is not a lot. I mean, he get over it, but I'm going to say under. That's another about- one where it makes you wonder what's going on with the ball, but I think I might take the slide over on that one, but not by a lot. Yeah, I'm just, I don't know, something about Keto Marte. I just, I just can't get into it. No, the guy what? just two years ago was hitting, what, 11 home runs in 143 games between AAA and the majors and 14 last year. Now he's hitting 32. Yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know. I need to dive into him a little more. I haven't, but. I just feel like that's going to be one of those guys when I'm looking up in drafts in January or February, I'm going to be like, nope, God, I would never do that, but maybe I'll be wrong. I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Okay. Now we'll talk about Eugenio Suarez with the Reds 49 home runs this last year. And he's projected for 35, which is more in line with what he did in 2018. So over under 35 bombs. Uh, I think I'm going to say the, take the over. Yeah, I agree. I'm kind of assuming with some of these that the ball doesn't change, but with him, I don't know, man. I mean, here's his career. Home runs by season. 4, 13, 21. 26, 34, 49. I mean, you see a pattern there? So you're saying he hit 60 this year then, right? <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. But I uh, I feel like if he's healthy, he's hitting 35 at least. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Okay, here's a fun one. Giancarlo Stanton had what people would say was a down year for him in 2018 when he hit 38 home runs. And then this year he was plagued with injuries and only played 18 games. So stats don't matter there. But despite all of that, he's projected for 52 home runs in 2020. That is absolutely fascinating to me. Now, I know you think he could hit 52. I think you and... um, a couple others were projecting like a hundred plus for him and judge, but I highly doubt you'd project for him for 52 and take the over. Am I right here? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I mean, I think Stanton could hit 65, but yes, I'm not projecting him to hit 52. No, I'm taking, man, that's a lot. It's a ton. I mean, he, first of all, like let's play 52 games first. Yes. You know, I mean, I'm half kidding, but like it's, I know I've talked about injury prone tag a million times and I don't necessarily believe in all of that, but, um, I do feel like I'll be slightly surprised if he's out there for the whole season. Not, not like he can't be. I mean, I think he could be, but. If I had to bet yes or no, I'd probably bet no. And, you know, 52 home runs is a ton. So 
I think that's basically assuming he'll be out there the whole year. And I don't think you can absolutely assume that. But yeah, if everyone's out there for the whole year, he has as much home run upside as anyone. I'd still under 52 personally, especially when you factor in the potential of him getting injured. Yeah. Uh, Over under 135 games played this year. Um, it's a hard thing to project, but what, yeah, what would you tough. say is most likely? I'd probably say slightly under. Agreed. I agree. But I don't. I, I really. I, I don't really like projecting games played because anything can happen. Yes. But that's also why I don't like projecting fifty-two home runs. Yes. Because if anything happens, you're not hitting fifty-two. Yeah. You know so. You have know. to bank Stay. on performance and health, which is kind of what we always say about prospect pitchers when yeah. in terms of you're having to bank on two different things to get 52. I'm not saying don't draft Giancarlo Stanton, but I'm saying to project a number that high, you're hoping for two different things yeah, instead that's, of one. That's, that's nuts. Okay. Now, our one of our favorite punching bags in one of our early episodes, Yuli Gurriel. Somehow at 32 home runs after we made fun of him, pretty much giving us the middle finger. Now he's projected for 24 next year. Over under 24 home runs for Yuli Gurriel. You know me. I got to take the (laughs) under. Yeah. To go from like, uh, what was it, like 14 to 31 or something like that? Yeah, I I will say, uh, just so it's on the record, he had a great season. And yes. um, anybody who invested in him definitely got paid off. I will probably bet against it again, especially because he's going to be more expensive next year than he was this year. But yeah, he definitely had a really good season this past year. Can't can't completely ignore it. I twenty four bombs. I'll, I'll take the under, but if the ball stays the same. I mean, he can easily do it. Tommy Edmond. He's, for starters, I'm with you. I guess I should say. I'm with you under. Tommy Edmond scrapped out a starting role with St. Louis in the second half of last year. In 92 games, he had a 304 batting average, 11 home runs, and 15 steals. Steamer has him projected to take a step back at 274 with 10 home runs and 13 steals. Two out of three, Andrew. What are you taking on with Tommy here? God, man, this might be my Garrett Hampson next year. I over all three. Agreed. I I don't. This is ridiculous. Like, I don't know. I, I'm not gonna have too strong of a take, I guess, right now. But I'm just like, I look at these numbers and I feel like it's a lock that he gets them. Yeah. I just don't even uh, – 274 with 10 and 13. I mean, I don't know. I For just guy think he's, who get, he's getting that puts, easily. He puts the bat on the ball well. I think I think the home runs is a slide over. I don't think he hits much more than 10, but I I think it is over. I'd say 12 to 14, yeah. 15-ish. But yeah, the steals, I think, is a big over. I think he's stealing 20 to 25 next year over a full season if he's healthy. And, yeah, I yeah. mean, the only real risk, I guess, is if he loses playing time at some point. But yes. I don't know. I mean, that's 
That's uh, something that I probably, and I, I'm kidding about the Hampson thing. I just mean, what I meant by that was how interested I was in the off season, you know, and I, I know I'm going to mm-hmm. have Tommy Edmond shares. I just know I am. But, um, yeah, I just, I, I'll admit, I probably underrated that part of it with Hampson as far as playing time, you know, because mm-hmm. I just thought of like, if he gets the playing time, what it's going to be. And, you know, I'll admit that Edmund probably doesn't have like this locked in role that can't be taken away. Agreed. But I feel like he probably does have a role. And assuming he, that role, you know, he sticks with the, in the role, I, I don't see any reason why he shouldn't surpass these numbers. I mean, yeah, yeah the steel, the steals. I think he could be low to mid twenties. Um, I mean, it, you know, even even if it's upper teens, whatever. And then the home runs, I'm with you. Not probably not much over ten, but twelve to fifteen, maybe. Batting, I think he'll be a batting average guy. I think he's going to help in batting average. He's just got a, the playing time. You're right about Matt Carpenter. If he's having a good start to the year or a real hot spring, Colton Wong's playing okay, and maybe they've filled up those outfield spots and he's struggling, there's a chance he could not get a role. And right. I could easily see that play out. But I, I think it's very likely that he goes into the season with a starting role somewhere. And then he yeah. possibly I – mean, I think it's more likely if he lost – playing time it would happen during the year as compared to before the year yeah i tell you i got him as my corner infielder in rm3 and i'm just like thrilled about it yeah didn't pay pay anything and any second base third base eligible so possibly could even get outfield during the season that'd be huge but we'll see on that have i told you the story about when i grabbed him in rm2 rotomasters 2 no. I picked him up in Fab in both dynasties about the same time. And I bid yeah. something like $13 on Sunday Night Fab to get him. And uh-huh. the next morning, one of our league mates was messaging me just furious because he thought he put in a bid for $130 for him. And it wasn't there. And I got him for 13 <laughs> He said, I bid $100. I, I could have swore I bid over $100 on him. I had 100 and 20 or $130 bid on him and I didn't get him. And I don't know what oh happened. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'd have to go back and look at how much I got him for. I'm pretty positive it was a fab bid. But, um, and it's 20 team dynasty league, you know. It's just, when you when you get a guy like that for nothing, I mean, I'm not saying that he's great, but he's definitely usable as long as he's mm-hmm. playing. It just, uh, it's huge, man. It's just, he kind of, I have a really young team there, so he kind of like blends right in with the rest of the guys. It's it's really nice. I'm excited about him. Yeah, that you in a 20 team league, you just anybody who's got a pulse is yeah. nice, and he's got more than a pulse. So yeah, yep. he's got value in 10, 15, or 12 and 15 team leagues. Yep. Okay, moving on. We got Chris Davis, the K H R I S Davis. That is. He struggled after hitting 247 in four straight seasons, which is still the greatest stat of my lifetime, I think. His average fell to 220, and he hit only 23 home runs in 133 games after hitting at least 42 bombs 
in the previous three seasons. Steamer is projecting a rebound, a two forty-three batting average with 39 home runs. I don't not even really, I didn't even put, give you an over or under here. Just what are your thoughts on that projection for him? Um, the home runs, I, I think it's a little high. I'd probably, I mean, I definitely project him for higher than he hit last year, but I'd probably project like 34 to 36, maybe somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. I would under 39. Yeah, that's. I think he's one of those guys that he really needs to have a nice rebounder. His value could absolutely tank. I, th- I think I heard somebody say that. It might have been you. Was that you that said that? That he what? I'm sorry. I was he, needed a, he was one that really needed to have a rebound this year. Or his value could oh, absolutely yeah. tank. Wasn't that no, you no. that was saying that? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think I've said it, but, yeah, I don't know if it was me specifically and what you're saying. But, yeah, it's uh, – it's tough because he has he just has no real value other than home runs, and this year he hit twenty three. I mean, he doesn't mm-hmm. hit for average. He doesn't hit for average. He doesn't get on base a lot. He can't play defense. He has a terrible arm. I mean, he's really not that good if he's not hitting bombs. Granted. You know, there's been stretches where he's one of the best as far as hitting bombs. But you take that away and you start getting – he tur- he pretty quickly turns into a player that is – you just don't Kendrick even want. Morales. Yeah, you just don't even want. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's almost like a cuttable guy if, if he continues doing what he did last year. Granted, he's going to get some rope because he's had really good seasons, but – a couple of the, like one more year, like the one he just had, it's going to get ugly. Yeah, I agreed. Uh, Daniel Murphy with the Rockies. He didn't have a storybook first season in Colorado. Hit two seventy nine with 13 home runs in 132 games. He missed some time early in the year with injuries. And Steamer has him playing 130 games, but with a much better performance. 288 batting average and 20 home runs. On those two categories, are you taking the over, the under, or splitting them? Uh, I'd probably take the over on average and the under on homers. I I tell you, I, I don't really have that much faith in Daniel Murphy staying healthy. Mm-hmm. I just I just don't I don't know. He's been beaten up the last two seasons. Yeah, he just seems like he's constantly beat up. And I still think he's a good hitter. Like, I think he'll hit for high averages and stuff. But I can't project him for a lot of power, even in cores. And when you combine it with the health risks and stuff, I mean, if this was a guy who was missed like half the season due to various injuries, it wouldn't shock me at all. I just kind of where i'm at with him yeah and with them having so many options he's one of those things if he gets banged up they can sit him down for a couple weeks and not be too worried because they've got so many hitters on that organization right now but i think i'm gonna take the over on both i think it's i'm just gonna take the slide over on the home runs but you're you're definitely got have a good point on the 
injuries and him getting to even 130 games is a difficult task for him at this stage of his career. He's definitely, he's definitely the type of guy where um, I feel like almost any realistic batting average that you put on it, I, you could say the over and I wouldn't really argue because I, I feel like he could hit 320. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I could literally see him hitting 320 with 10 home runs. You know, it's yes. just like that's kind of just, like I said, where I'm at. I think he was projected to lead the league in batting average this last offseason. I think I remember yeah, us he was. talking about that. I want to say they've had him projected for like 307 or 308, something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. Him and Vlad Jr., neither one of them hit in the batting average yeah. for you that last year anyways. But that's because batting average is hard to predict. Yeah, it's very up and down. And speaking of up and down, Marcus Simeon was definitely up this last year. 33 home runs, 10 steals, and a two eighty five batting average. Steamer has the steals around the same, but a big drop in the batting average, or I, should, uh, I guess a drop to two sixty nine. With 24 home runs here. Let's talk about the power specifically. Over under 24 on the home runs. Uh, I think I'm going to say slightly over. Under um, under what he hit last year. 33 last year. Yeah. Tw- 24 is the I'd steam say, of production. I'd say like 28. I'm... Um, this one might be a wager because I was thinking more like 22. So what if we did like an over under 25? Um, I'd make you do the steamer projection of 24. Oh, come on. <laughs> you said 28 and I said 22. 25's fair. I mean, I was going to say 27, 28. And I was going to say 22, 23. <laughs> oh wait, no, twenty-one, twenty-two. That's I should be saying that. Yeah. Are we? Uh, are we putting like a? Yeah, I'll do it. But twenty-five. Are we going to put like a games played cap on it? I mean, I always feel like with these guys, it. You know, I'll give you the games. I mean, anybody, I'll anybody can get hurt. I mean, he's got to play at least one hundred forty games, or it's null and void. So what if he plays 138 and hits 25? <laughs> it's Nolan Void. No, if he plays less than 140 I'll, and he still Let's hits say, those home runs, you get it. Okay. 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 We got our first it, bet of the season. Mark it down. I know. I know you're uh, you're the champ at um, keeping track <laughs> keeping track of these. Yeah, I gotta put. I gotta remember to make a post for that to keep track of these two. We need to make more of them. We only made two last season, and we got a full off season to make come up with them. Twenty five home runs. What are we doing? Twenty five is a push. Oh, yep. 25 give me twenty. Give, give me twenty five. Do twenty four nope. and a half. Nope. Twenty five. <laughs> All right, that's fine. Twenty five home runs. Assuming 140 games. I'm giving you the null and void if he doesn't get the 140. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. uh, 40 games. Okay, we got our first bet. Okay, let's move on to Rugnet Odor, who had 30 home runs and 11 steals last year. 
but his average was 205 and his on-base percentage was 283. It's his third season out of the last four where he's had a 300, uh, an, an on-base percentage under 300. Now, Steamer does project that OBP getting back up over it, albeit at 301. But the thing I want to talk about is they're projecting him for 138 games and a 582 at-bats. And I wanted to talk about this one. If his OBP actually is at or under 300, I think this might be the year where he starts losing some playing time. So my question isn't the the statistical performance, but Andrew, if I was saying over under 500 bats, what would you take for Odor? Man. I think I'd take the under. Yeah. I don't know, man. He's such a weird player. I, it's um, it's pretty crazy. Like the consistency that he has, while not being able to hit, really. Mm-hmm. I mean he he's constantly providing power and speed. Yes, pretty much. I mean all the time, and some of that is just being in the lineup, but. Like you said, I mean, man, two ninety three career OBP, over three thousand plate appearances. It's brutal. He just, yeah, he just isn't a good hitter, you know. And he doesn't walk a lot. I mean, he does. Yeah, it's two forty, two ninety three average in OBP career. WRC plus under a hundred. I don't know. It's pretty gross. I mean, it's kind of like one of those. Um, like, if you ever hear me say how young guys, they typically don't figure out plate discipline. This is like a poster child for it mm-hmm. because he's been young. I mean, he's still pretty young. What is he? 20? Yeah, 25. Man, I mean, he's, he's been. Yeah, and he's been around a while. Like, when he came up, I want to say he was 20. It, yeah. it was 2014. So yeah, yeah that would 20. be 20 years he old. Was 20. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, he was going high in drafts early, you know, a couple years in. And, um, like I said, there's been those years where he's provided power and speed. It's been a lot of the year, several of the years. I mean, never crazy speed, but He's uh he's just never put it together with the play discipline ever. And I feel like that's one of those things a lot of the times you either have it or you don't. He just doesn't have it. So it'll probably be his undoing in the end. I mean, I don't know if it'll be this year, but with each passing year it's obviously getting closer to that. It's tough to just throw a projection on him with a bunch of at-bats when you have that in the back of your head. It's fascinating to look at his career batting, like his career trajectories and walks and strikeouts, because when he just came up in his early years, he was walking like three to 5% of the time. And he was striking out in the teens, the high teens, they're 17%, 16 and a half, 16.8% in 2015. And then he started walking more, yeah. which was good. 
but his strikeout rate has continued going up to where um, 23% in 2018, and it jumped all the way up to 30% this last year. Yeah, I should have mentioned that he has he has started walking a little bit more. Yeah. It's also um, striking out more. Yeah, the whole thing, it's just it's just tough. He's, I think Texas goes out and signs himself a third baseman to replace Adrian Beltre. And I think Nick Solak, I don't know if he comes in and starts the year as a DH or what, but I think that's the guy who ends up taking that job from him eventually. I think Solak's getting more playing time than Odor by midseason next year. That's just my prediction anyways. Yeah, it could happen. I I don't know if I truly believe it just because they haven't. They just have shown no real signs of it happening. But I uh, I could definitely see it starting to fall apart a little bit, like with the at-bats and stuff, if, especially if there's somebody else that's producing. I mean, that's probably been a lot of the problem in the past because it's like who else are they going to put in there, you know, mm-hmm. you tend to – you tend to give a guy like that. He was a fairly highly touted prospect and was pretty, you know, pretty good when he came up. I mean, at least, you know, some of the numbers and they guys like that, they tend to get some rope when they're young, but starting to get into his mid twenties now. And he's just not really getting that much better aside from slight improvements with the walks. I don't know. It's, it's tough. 283 OBP last year is just ugly. Ugly. But yeah, I think that's part, been part of it. I think the fact that they really haven't anybody to take it from them. But I think I was just hearing a little bit of a buzz about it this last year. And I think that'll, I think that'll start getting a little more legs to it this year if the OBP's to around 280 again. I just, I think that this is around the time where something might happen. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, it's very possible. All right, well, that wraps up the steamer projections for hitters. And like I said before, when I originally started this project, I thought I was going to use hitters and pitchers, but I realized I had enough pitchers hitters for one show. So we're gonna, I think we'll do pitchers next episode. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, it sounds good. Kind of like, like doing this, just get to go over some guys and kind of look at what steamers got for them. I, I'll admit I haven't looked at, a lot of the steamer projections a ton. I've done it a little bit, but um, yeah, it was kind of nice to go over some of them. Yeah. I had fun with that. I mean, I looked at plenty other guys. I just, I'd start thinking about positions and guys who had big years or bad years. And that's kind of how I was stumbling into some of them. And a lot of guys, I came across their steamer projection. I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. Moved on to the next one. And I purposely did not put Vlad jr. On this one. Cause I know we'll have plenty more time to talk about him. <laughs> what did the, um, I didn't get a chance to look. What is, what do they have for Joe Adele? Not enough it? games played. Yes. Whenever I looked, oh, okay. I was, there were a couple of those rookies that didn't have enough games. Like they had him for 53 games played. Yeah. I, I just, I just pulled 52. It and I was like, no, yeah. I can't play that game with him. The only reason, the only reason I was asking is just cause I was really, mind blown by Luis Roberts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like 
and it was we talked about this before we even got on recording, but um, and it's not that to be clear, it's not that I don't think he can do it. I think he could come in and go crazy, you know. I mean, it just it wouldn't surprise me. I'm not saying he will, but he has the ability to do that. But it's just uh, aggressive to to just prog- project that. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely surprising to me. I mean, I there there's got to be a world where he comes up and struggles and doesn't hit any of those projections. I mean, it's feels like it's actually a good chance that happens. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of swing and miss, and you know, it's just very aggressive. And I I feel like him and Adele are kind of similar players. You know, I mean. Mm-hmm. Same kind of timeline as far as coming up and stuff like that. They're at least, you know, not exactly, but somewhat similar. I was just curious, but right as I was saying that, I was kind of pulling it up. So, Yeah, I was surprised. There were a couple of those rookies where I was surprised at how low the games played were, so I couldn't bring them up. But I'm with you. I think they're pretty similar in terms of – I think Robert Roberts up first just because he was up in AAA a little long. Yeah, I don't think – Adele hasn't even seen AAA yet, has he? Yeah, he played there last year, about 27 games, I guess. Okay, so he did finish the season there. I think Robert just had a little more time. I'm, I'm, that may be in my head. Yeah, no, I, uh, I'm i with you. Robert's, Robert should be up more than Adele, at least. But you, you can't know, if guarantee I, that. No, you can't. I, I actually to heard... Jr. I heard somebody say something like the Angels should just sign Adele to an extension like they did with mm-hmm. all those kids last year, and he's up on opening day. Yeah. And, I mean, I can you, can't, you can't rule it out. I mean, Fernando I could definitely Tatis proved that, proved that. He had never even seen AAA, and they just yeah. decided, you know what? We're ready to start playing. Let's get our kids yep. up. And I could see the Angels definitely doing that, especially yeah. if they yeah, go out there and too. go get a Garrett Cole this winter. Right. No, yeah, totally. I, it wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, if I was projecting now, I would bet on Ro- Robert having more at bats. You know, yes. but there's things that could change that. Yeah, Robert could sign an extension this off season, and then he's up opening day. That, yeah. I think that's more likely to happen than Adele. But I Adele had some pretty good interviews. I was listening to a couple interviews with him on other podcasts and. Seems like that kid's got a good head on his shoulders, too. Yep. I'm totally with you. I yeah. think he's just, I think he's the real deal, but we'll see. Yeah. He's going to be a star, and it's going to be fun to talk. Eventually, we'll get some mock drafts going, too, and I'm curious to see where he's going in redrafting mocks because he's an interesting name, and I think that kid's got a shot at being a star right off the bat. Yeah. It's possible. The, t- the tough thing with those two, Adele and Robert, is just, there's there's enough swing and miss there where mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't dismiss the possibility that they come up and like their first time around the league they struggle a bit it just takes them a little bit to get acclimated I yep I could see that I could so or they but yeah come up, they're definitely blazing and then struggle after pitchers adjust because they yeah. got holes yeah. yeah that's possible too but those guys have so much upside it's gonna be fun to watch yeah the the waves just keep coming with baseball right now there's so much youth in the game right now and it just seems like every year there's more fun exciting guys on their way 
Yeah, it's great. All right. Well, before we get out of here, what are you going to be doing this week? Anything you want to plug, talk about? No, not too much. We got done with the uh, dispersal drafts for the Dynasty Leagues and um, kind of just in dead time right now doing some uh, research for sub-drafts. And I'm probably going to wind up doing an NFBC league earlier than I normally do, I think. think Oh, that'll give us some fun to talk about. Yeah, I think I might do one. I don't know. Normally I wait till right after the new year. I might do one a little earlier, but... I don't know. We'll see. Not really. We've sure got yet. that. We've got that Roto Masters one that we talked about last episode. So I'll have one too coming up soon. So that, I guess I probably should start thinking about that. Trying to figure out who on earth is going to be closing for all these teams at the very least, or who, who's got a shot at getting saves. Man, I don't like drafting early. Yeah, the saves is is what's rough. I mm-hmm. like I've I know I mentioned this last year, but. Um, I feel like as you go on during the off season from like now until the end of March, the earlier that you draft, I feel like the, the high end closers, like the elite closers, they should go higher. Mm-hmm. And then, a- and then as you get closer to the season, they should move down a little bit because the number of guys that you know are closing is higher in March than it is now. I mean, right now, how many guys, I mean, I know we can't go through it, but how many guys do you actually feel comfortable with saying like, I know that guy's closing next year. I know he's pitching the ninth. I mean, there's not looking, I'd guess like 15. Right. I don't even actually know if mine would be that high, but yeah, that's fair. I mean, that's half of them, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's like, if the cutoff now is 15, then, you know, I would think that should mean that the top few go higher. I mean, or all the, or all those guys, but then, you know, as you get into March and there's 25 of them that, you know, are closing, then you can drop them down a little bit. It's it's just kind of a difference with when you draft, I feel like. Yeah, that makes sense. It's hard because you also want to be the guy that, gets one of those closures that you paid nothing for. And right. It's just it's tough right now. I mean, and you also don't want to be the guy that takes like, I don't even have a good example, but one of the lower end guys you think is pitching the ninth. And then all of a sudden he isn't, and you just kind of waste their pick. Yep. Worthless at that point. Right. Well, okay. Well, we'll try getting back. Hopefully next week I'll try getting us a, uh, some more pitcher projections. I know I stumbled on upon a couple of them that I was like, Oh, I'm definitely bringing this guy up. So we'll get back to you guys real soon. And we'll try doing some pitcher projections. Any, all right. Sound good, Andrew. Yep. That sounds good. All right. Well, until then, take care, everybody. Yeah. Take care guys. Thanks again for listening to the Baseball 365 podcast with Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Be sure to check the show notes for all the details on today's episode, along with quick links to Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion, we would love to hear from you. You can find us at the Baseball 365 Facebook group or send an email to us, baseball365pod at gmail.com. And if you like the show, take a moment, rate us on iTunes. And once again, 
please join the Baseball 365 community on Facebook. That's where baseball lives 365 days a year. 